Hey, everyone. It is Friday, October 6th, and you are listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. Some quick housekeeping. Monday is a federal holiday, Columbus Day, so we will not have a podcast, but we'll be back on Tuesday. And guess who's back? Back again. Perhaps I'll be joined by the one and only Mosh Wanunu. He's going to be easing his way back into things, so he may not be on every day to start, but really excited to have him back. Also today, it's just going to be me for the news, but I do have a special guest for what we are watching, reading, and eating, my oldest childhood friend, actress, singer, and composer, Lindsay Craft. She is most recognized for playing Allison on Netflix's Grace and Frankie, so stay tuned for that. And I also just want to mention before we get to the news, on Thursday, I went on my daughter's class trip to a local farm and pumpkin patch. And just hats off to all of the teachers out there. I was in charge of keeping track of five kids, and that includes my own, for a couple of hours. And I have to say, it was exhausting. I got home and I just needed to crash. So I've always loved schools and teachers. My mom was a teacher for years, but just wanted to take another chance to say thank you to all of the teachers and school staff, from the bus drivers to the janitors. We really appreciate you. It is not an easy job. Thank you. Okay, now to the headlines. A border wall is going up in Texas, even though President Biden had promised during his presidential campaign that that would never happen. So what changed? Gob-smackingly bananas. That is what one scientist is calling September's record heat. We're going to take a look at the numbers. Overseas, Ukraine says a Russian strike killed 51 people, including kids, in one of the deadliest attacks of the war. Back to politics. Could we be looking at a House Speaker Donald Trump? He originally said that he was too focused on the presidential campaign, but perhaps a change of heart. The Ozempic craze, I guess, not surprisingly, making people buy less food, according to Walmart. The Biden's two-year-old German Shepherd has now been removed from the White House. We'll tell you why. And the hottest thing in business, the 15-minute meeting. Plus, it is Friday, what we are watching, reading, and eating this weekend. All right, some mixed messages coming from the White House about the building of a border wall in South Texas. On Wednesday, the Biden administration announced that it waived 26 federal laws to allow for border wall construction in the Rio Grande Valley. It is the first time the administration has used executive power to pave the way for building more border barriers. At the same time, Biden also telling reporters on Thursday that he does not believe border walls work. So what is the deal here? According to the Biden administration, the money to build the wall was actually appropriated back in 2019 and earmarked specifically for physical border barriers. And the Biden administration says it was under a deadline to use them or lose them. Take a listen to President Biden. One question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Now, back when he was running for president as a candidate, he did vow that there wouldn't be another foot. That is a quote, not another foot of border wall constructed on his watch. Then when he first took office, the Biden administration had issued a proclamation 
to end the construction, writing that building a massive wall that spans the entire southern border is not a serious policy solution. But fast forward, there is now a new surge of migrants that are crossing into the United States from Mexico. It's hitting record high levels and putting a huge strain on federal and local resources across the country. Border Patrol reported nearly 300,000 encounters in the Rio Grande Valley sector between last October and August. That's according to federal data. And then DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas He said, quote, there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States. The Department of Homeland Security had to waive the Clean Air Act, the Safe Drinking Water Act and Endangered Species Act to make way for the construction that will be using the money from that appropriation in 2019 for the border wall construction. And Biden has been facing pushback from not only Republicans, but Democrats about his immigration policies, both sides urging his administration to do more to curb an influx of migrants on the southern border. Republicans blame Biden for rolling back some Trump era policies and also stopping the construction of the wall. As we've been reporting, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, a Democrat, said that New York City would be destroyed by the cost of housing tens of thousands of migrants. And he said the federal government simply has not provided resources to accommodate arrivals and that the Biden administration is, quote, wrong on immigration. In Illinois, the governor, J.B. Pritzker, an ally of the White House, called the pace of migrant arrivals to his state an untenable situation. He recently wrote a letter to President Biden. Former President Bill Clinton, he was interviewed on a radio show. He said the immigration system is broken and he said it should be easier for migrants to get work permits. He said they come here and we're supposed to shelter people who can't get work permits for six months. We need to change that. They ought to work. They need to begin working, paying taxes and paying their way. And the Biden administration says it's trying to do just that, granting temporary legal status to hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans who are already in the country quickly making them eligible to work. But this is definitely not an issue that is going away anytime soon. And tell us something we don't know. Record heat somehow got even worse in September. New data shows that last month was the hottest September on record, the fourth consecutive month of such unprecedented heat. And it is putting 2023 on track to be the hottest year in recorded history. Last month's average temperature was 0.93 degrees Celsius or 1.7 degrees Fahrenheit above the 1991 to 2020 average for September. It may not sound like a lot, but it is considered huge when it comes to the climate. One example that I like to use as a human, if you have a fever of 1.7 degrees higher than your normal temperature, Well, you'd probably have a temperature of about 100 degrees or more, and you would probably feel pretty sick. Well, that's how the earth feels. A climate scientist named Zeke Hasfather, he wrote on Twitter, aka X, quote, this month was, in my professional opinion as a climate scientist, absolutely gobsmackingly bananas. According to data from the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service, there has never been a month so abnormally hot since their records began in 1940. And with that more extreme weather, we saw devastating flooding in Libya and Greece and Turkey in September. Canada is still dealing with a record wildfire season. So what is being done about it? The UN's COP28 climate summit will take place in December in Dubai, whereas Moshe and I would say they will probably agree to another meeting. 
Plenty of news ahead, but time now for uh, some of our sponsors. Parlez-vous Francais? Well, I do not at all, really, which is why I am so excited about our newest sponsor. The best way to learn a language is really through immersion, living where that language is spoken natively and using it every day. But that isn't possible for everyone. So what is the second best way to learn a language? Babbel. Because with Babbel, you could start to speak a new language in just three weeks. Moshe has been taking Spanish lessons and he has been loving it. I cannot wait to start my French lessons. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private tutors or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little bit more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. And they have a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started. Right now, you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Head to babbel.com slash monews with our discount. So that it's just about six bucks a month to learn a new language. Again, that deal, 55% off at babbel.com slash monews. It's spelled babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S. Some rules and restrictions may apply. And you guys know I'm trying to keep my energy up without my trusty co-host, Mosh. And perhaps I could thank Athletic Greens. I first tried Athletic Greens AG1 powder a few months ago. It is just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. It's easy and quick and lets you get on with your day knowing that you've gotten over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Visit drinkag1.com slash monews to take advantage of this offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription or try it just one time for a month. Again, drinkag1.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S for this special deal and really start to take ownership of your health. Time now for the speed read. Starting overseas, a Russian rocket blast turned a village cafe and store in eastern Ukraine into rubble Thursday, killing at least 51 civilians in one of the deadliest attacks in the war in months. That is according to Ukrainian President Zelensky. Rescuers climbed over the wreckage as they searched for survivors in the remains of the only cafe in this village. Body parts were strewn across a nearby children's playground that was severely damaged by the strike. Cell phones were collected and put in a courtyard waiting to be claimed. About 60 people, including kids, were in the cafe attending a wake when that missile hit. Zelensky is attending a summit of about 50 European leaders in Spain. He's trying to drum up support from Ukraine's allies. He denounced the strike as a brutal Russian crime and a completely deliberate act of terrorism. The White House press secretary saying the strike was horrifying and that it demonstrated why the U.S. is doing everything it can to help the brave people of Ukraine fight for their freedom. But there is a real question about whether President Biden can keep U.S. aid flowing to Ukraine amid the chaos in the House. According to NBC News, polls show that even before Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was ousted, public support for aid to Ukraine has been declining. And some hardline congressional Republicans say that they will not support any additional money for Ukraine. 
sticking with politics from Fox News, former President Trump telling Fox News Digital that he would accept a short term role as Speaker of the House to serve as a, quote, unifier for the Republican Party until lawmakers reach a decision on who should take the post. Representative Kevin McCarthy was removed as Speaker of the House on Tuesday after Matt Gates introduced a measure against him known as a motion to vacate, accusing him of breaking promises that he made to win the Speaker's gavel in January. Trump telling Fox News Digital, quote, I have been asked to speak as a unifier because I have so many friends in Congress. If they don't get the vote, they have asked me if I would consider taking the speakership until they get somebody longer term because I am running for president. They've asked me if I would take it for a short period of time for the party until they come to a conclusion. I'm not doing it because I want to. I will do it if necessary, should they not be able to make their decision. He didn't specify who had asked him, although a number of GOP lawmakers have said he is their preference for speaker. Since McCarthy's ouster, both House Judiciary Committee Jim Jordan and House Majority Whip Steve Scalise have announced their bids to run for speaker. From Bloomberg, Ozempic is making people buy less food. Walmart says it's already seen an impact on food shopping demand from people taking the diabetes drug, Ozempic, Wegovy, and other appetite-suppressing medications. Walmart is studying changes in sales patterns using data on shopper populations. It could look at the purchasing changes among people taking the drug and can also compare those habits to similar people who aren't taking the shots. They say it is still too early to draw any definitive conclusions, but an increasing number of CEOs and investors are also talking about how popular weight loss drugs could change the economy and business. Earlier this week, the CEO and the maker of Pringles and Cheez-Its said that the company is studying their potential impact on dietary behaviors. There is an upside for Walmart. It sells those drugs like Ozempic through its pharmacies. And in August, it said that they were giving the retailer a big boost. U.S. sales for those medicines increased 300 percent between 2020 and 2022. And one Walmart exec tells CNBC customers taking weight loss drugs, quote, tend to spend more with us overall, even as they buy less food. From USA Today, President Biden's dog Commander has been relocated after biting White House staff and U.S. Secret Service officers nearly a dozen times in the past year. The dog's removal comes just days after Commander, a two-year-old German shepherd, bit a Secret Service agent in the 11th known biting incident since he arrived to the White House as a puppy in 2021. The communication director for First Lady Jill Biden says that the president and First Lady care deeply about the safety of those who work at the White House and those who protect them every day. They remain grateful for the patience and support of the U.S. Secret Service and all involved. It is unclear where the dog is headed, but officials say the White House can be a stressful environment for family pets. Before Commander came to live at the White House, the Bidens had another German shepherd named Major, who was also involved in a series of biting incidents. Major, who was then three, eventually went to live with family friends in Delaware. The Bidens do have a cat named Willow. The last time I did this story, my husband was like, did you not have anything else to report? But I don't know. I find this interesting. I hope you guys do, too. And from Axios, the most popular and fastest growing type of meeting is the brief and efficient 15-minute block. About 60% of meetings are now 15 minutes long, according to the Wall Street Journal. Why this matters? Dragging or unnecessary meetings suck up our energy and waste our time, and they're rarely effective. 90% of people admit to daydreaming during long meetings. 75% say that they're doing other work. 
So Axios founders, they have some advice. They say, don't be afraid of micro meetings. 15 minutes is great, but sometimes you only need 10 or even five minutes to sync up with a colleague. Many of us schedule 30 minute meetings just because our calendars default to that. But you should really think about how much time you actually need. Plus, be punctual. Chit chat is your reward for arriving early. Conversation about what's on the docket for the weekend or what you had for lunch. That should stop at the meeting's scheduled start time. Personally, I love the idea of a 15-minute meeting. Better yet, just give someone a quick call, text them, say, hey, do you have a minute? And you can just get rid of a meeting altogether. Back when I would work in a newsroom, shockingly, I would just walk over to people's desks and run ideas by them or just talk, and we'd actually get a lot done. All right, it is Friday. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Time for we're watching, reading, and eating. And as promised at the top of this podcast, I'm really excited to bring on a very special guest, Lindsay Craft. Lindsay is an actress. Hi, <laughs> Hi Lindsay. She's an actress, a singer, a composer. You may have seen her on Netflix's Grace and Frankie, where she plays Allison. She is currently recording a concept album with Linda Perry for her autobiographical musical, Love Me. And she has also been on tour opening for Ben Folds, which is where we caught up this week because I went to see her at the Paramount, which is a really great theater on Long Island, FYI, in case you've never been there. Lindsay also happens to be one of my closest childhood friends. Lindsay, I feel like I didn't really do your bio justice because I looked at your IMBD and it is quite impressive. But welcome to the pod. I think you did it justice. Thank you. It felt (laughs) overwhelming, honestly. And just so you know, it's IMDB. I feel like I should. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? IMDb. International Movie Database. So IMDb. But Lindsay, what is not on IMDb, as I will now refer to it properly, uh, before we get to what we're watching, reading and eating, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that Moshe and I always joke that I think that there should be in addition to the 30 under 30 or the 40 under 40 lists, that there should be like a 40 over 40 or a six or 60 over 60, because I feel like we should celebrate people who are doing cool things when we're older and actually can appreciate them. On that note, I wanted to mention that you literally taught yourself how to play the piano and write music three years ago when you were well into your career. You are now, as I mentioned, opening for Ben Folds with original music. You wrote a musical, which I've seen. It's awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? What made you decide to get into this? And did you ever think it's too late? You know, like I'm too far on one path. No, I actually never had that thought. I'm sure there, I'm sure most people have that thought, but I feel like every time I've sort of stepped into something new in my life, I just get so excited about it that there's none of those voices saying you can't do this because I get so overwhelmed by wanting to get it out and create stuff that I don't, I'm never thinking like, oh, I want to be the best person at this or I want to do this. I just want to be myself. And I feel like when I found music, I was sort of like the most authentic expression of who I am, even though I've been doing creative things kind of my whole life. But this feels like the most creative. And I think that's what people are sort of in search for in any field. There is nothing I love more than being creative. For real, I just wrote a children's book that I'm trying to get published. And it's for that same reason. It's like there was just something in me where I was like, I have this really good idea because I had my daughter. I, I wrote it when I had my daughter. And I'm like, why didn't anyone do this before? And I just did it. Like I said, I'm trying to get it published right now. But I totally feel that. 
And I will mention that even though you decided to get into music a little bit later, there are literally videos of you and I from, I think, when we're seven, eight, nine years old, where I'm playing a journalist and you're an actress. You're, I think you were like Ivanka Trump and I was interviewing you. And so I guess early on, we kind of had an idea of what we wanted to do. You know, what's so interesting is that I feel like at the time we knew we were doing something pretty good. It was pretty good. Like when I look back and we used to do it in front of other people sometimes and people were entertained. (laughs) Right. They weren't just humoring us. It wasn't just our parents being like, all right, guys, wrap it up. But so interesting that you took on that role of like being the interviewer. And I was like, I want to play all these characters, you know, how it's kind of remarkable, actually, that we both ended up doing that. I don't think like we come from a like a neighborhood and from a very scholastic school where it's like the way that you're considered smart or whatever is by being in, you know, advanced classes, AP classes. And I was not a viewer, but I was not in any of those classes. And I, I would say, like, for the most part, didn't feel very smart growing up in Jericho because no one was like recognizing that maybe I had some other things like that I could do that would be valuable. Right. There are different kinds of smart. And I'm really glad you mentioned that because I have just recently learned that there are a lot of kids who listen to this podcast or parents who listen with their kids. So mm-hmm. I do think that's really um, important. All right. Let's get to though the, the topic at hand, which is what we're watching, reading and eating this weekend. Lindsay, what are you watching? Well, I'm currently rewatching, just finished the entire series of Sex and the City and loved every second of it. The original the original. There's only the original. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I, I enjoy the movies too. I mean, I enjoy, but I mean, each episode is like a gem. It's like a crystal ball, just like amazing lines, one after another. Stories, characters. And Jill, what are you watching? Okay. So I mentioned this week on the podcast that I have yet to see an episode of Gilmore Girls. And I was told by many people uh, who messaged me on Instagram that I am missing out. And then one of my other guests that I had on was Lauren Smith Brody. And she said that she and her family are watching Never Have I Ever on Netflix. And she said it has basically opened up a line of communication with her kids who are teen and tween years. And then I got a bunch of messages from people who said, you don't even have to have teens or tweens. It is so good. You should watch it. So I think I'm going to check that out also. Anything that bridges a gap between people being able to talk, I feel like that's what my musical does a little bit. And so like, I really relate. I think that's the most important thing for art and families. All right, Lindsay, Moshe usually has some like extremely highbrow academic thing that he is reading. No. What are you reading? <laughs> I'm very, very low. I don't even, is it low bro, low brow? Low, low brow. <laughs> I'm very low brow. <laughs> I'm low, bro. Um, <laughs> the Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. It's unbelievable. I would recommend this to anybody who thinks that they're even not a creative person because I think we're all creative. What is one takeaway from the book? Do you know I'm like one of those people that like like hearts every single thing? So I'm going to just read one thing that I hearted. Okay. All art is a work in progress. It's helpful to see the piece we're working on as an experiment, one in which we can't predict the outcome. Whatever the result, we will receive useful information that will benefit the next experiment. Perfectionism gets in the way of fun. There's that expression, don't let perfect get in the way of good, which is kind of along that lines. There was another thing that I learned also from the book that, you know, when you get in the flow and like, you're like, oh, I I don't know if you felt this when you were writing your book. Don't let anything stop that flow. 
like eat all the marshmallows. If you don't finish it right then, that same spark is not going to come back. And that's how I, when I write a song and it's like all coming, I sit down and I have to cancel all other plans. Like it's like you got to take because it's so rare when that happens. And a fragment means nothing like it's just an idea. Anyone can have an idea. You have to just keep going until you you have the next thought. That's so interesting because I wrote the first draft of the children's book in one sitting. Yep. And then I was involved with this critique group and they were like, well, it's not entirely a children's book yet. You have to add conversation. You have to add X, Y, and Z. And then I had to improve upon it. But I got kind of like the beginning, middle, and end done in one sitting. And and yep. so I, I totally get that. What are you reading, Jill? Well, the good old reliable The Atlantic. Uh, there's an mm. article called Group Chat Culture is Out of Control. The most social social media these days is texting and it has gotten overwhelming. And just I'm going to read from one paragraph. I love a group text, a grext, if you'll permit me. But lately, the sheer number of them competing for my attention has felt out of control. By the time I wake up, the notifications have already started rolling in. As I'm going to bed, they are still coming. In between, I try to keep up, but all it takes is one 30-minute meeting before I have somehow gotten 100 new messages, half of them consisting of LOL or write. I scroll up and up and up trying to find where I left off, like I have lost my place in a book that keeps getting longer as I read. I so feel that. I don't know if you're involved with any group texts, but they're kind of brutal. If I even get... I'm just thinking about a notification that someone thumbs up something, even if it's just with one other person. I'm like, are you seriously wasting my time with a thumbs up? I don't care. We're having a conversation. Why do we have to? Why can't we just end it? (laughs) Well, I feel like I feel like when somebody throws a thumbs up, that's their way of ending it. Like I'm done typing. I don't want to write anything else. So I'm going to give you this emoji on yours to be like, cool. We're good. Talk to you another time. Jill, what are you eating these days? All right, so I went to the University of Michigan, as you and everyone knows, and the best deli out there is called Zingerman's, which I have mentioned somehow on this podcast numerous times. But Zingerman's is doing a pop-up in New York City this weekend. It's in Chelsea at the Ali Ali Market, which I've never heard of. I don't tend to get into New York City, but I might try just because it's so good. Lindsay, what are you eating this weekend? Well, I know I'm going to have... Uh, this orange sunrise smoothie from this place called Creation that's pretty big in Los Angeles. And it's just mango, almond butter, and like uh, probably a hundred frozen <laughs> bananas. I love anything with like a ton of banana. It hits the spot. I've never gotten I've never gotten sick of it. And I have it like two to three times a week. And it's probably not very good for me. Well, I'm excited that we got to catch up on the end of this tour. And I know you have so many exciting things coming up. Where can people find you if they want to follow you right now? They can find me on Instagram at Linscraft, L-I-N-Z-K-R-A-F-T. And they can sign up on my website at lovememusical.com. And if you go on that and type your name in, a song will appear that you can't really get anywhere else. And so we're just trying to figure out how to like release the music because the music business is very strange these days. And so you don't want it just to be like a drop in the ocean. And so just to try to get people to understand that there's eventually going to be this musical they could kind of follow and get excited about. That's so interesting. I'm just thinking like, that's so interesting. The music industry right now, it's like, what do you, it's, it's. You can, if you think about it, we all have like a Spotify account or an Apple account and you just download whatever you want for however 
money a month. It's kind of crazy. And think about also like you get all these Netflix shows for like nine ninety nine. Like you can get anything you want. So no one's getting no one's getting any money for that. Well, Lindsay, I have now seen some version of Love Me twice, and it is so good. And Aww, it's really, I know it's you. about your life. And I guess for me, I know you, so it's even that much more special. But I was in the audience and they were people who didn't know you were basically hanging on every word. So whatever you're doing, you're on the right path. Thank you so much. You're on the right path too, Jill. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> on that love fest of a note, we want to thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Review us in the App Store and call us 1-800-711-MOSH. And don't forget to follow us at Mosh on Instagram, M-O-S-H-E-H. I'd right, have a great long weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here on Tuesday with Mosh. Get excited. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.